You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech, that's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team, no heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Like, uh, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzer. I'm totally going to use that, too. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At the Diner, the flagship podcast here on the Great Geek Refuge. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am one of your co-hosts for this wonderful fabulous podcasting journey into nerdiness and geekiness uh joining me in the podcast festivities though i have two wonderful co-hosts you know them you love them we've got mc brooks we've got james rambo fellas let's go back to the spider-verse in fact let's go across the spider-verse yes yes let's talk about the latest release in the this one is Sony exclusively, right? Like Sony owns the rights to this one. So this is a Sony jam with, you know, Marvel's, yeah. you know, approval, basically their thumbs yeah. up. Of, I think like, there's the, some collaboration, but yeah. it's, not, it's not like the MCU where Marvel handles it and Sony just lets them. This is more Sony with, yeah. I think, I think, cause I think Kevin Feige was, had some involvement on yeah. the first one, but like not, not enough to be like a producer or anything like that. Yeah. Across yeah. the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, the sequel to the very, very popular Into the Spider-Verse, um, centering around Miles Morales. But I would almost say this one felt more like a Gwen story. And not a bad way. We got a lot of Miles shit. I would say, like, part one, Gwen story. Part two, Miles story. Part three, kind of all of them together story. Like, but, like, we got a lot of backstory with with uh, with Gwen, Spider-Woman. Um, which I actually, I didn't know she went by Spider-Woman because I've only heard her referred to as Spider-Gwen in so, previous yeah. iterations so it makes sense that she'd be spider woman because why would you call yourself spider gwen then you're just giving your fucking name away um i think she's technically a ghost spider is she yeah and spider woman like i know jessica true is spider woman yeah i was um, gonna say yeah i thought spider woman was the one with like the red and black and yeah. yellow suit and yeah <clears throat> okay but yeah either either way like i i this movie does a really good job of hooking you immediately and really drawing you in. Um, I loved the fucking Leonardo da Vinci-esque like plan pictures that the vulture was in the beginning. Like it was that like on that brown kind of paper. I can't, I'm not doing a good job of describing this. Uh, so Rambo cut me off at any point if you can do a no, better no, the, job. The sepia tone, the, uh, yeah. the, like he, it looks like he was drawn on parchment. Yes. Yeah. And like, I love the, yeah, it, it literally looked like a sketch that Leonardo da Vinci would have done. And like it came to life and it was just, it was so cool. And I love the way they cross artistic styles. It's something they did in the first one that I absolutely loved as well. But in this one, it's the same thing. They cross these artistic styles. They focus on it being not like, there, there's scenes later in the movie when Gwen is talking to her dad and the focus is on the two characters and the background is kind of muddled in the sense that like you can see that they didn't spend that much time on drawing every single little detail of the background of the apartment like it's more about these two and i thought that was awesome and it's like a very like artistic rendering you know they're still in the apartment like you can still see the outlines and stuff like that but like it's something i love about this movie is that the art and the story are are combined in the sense that like there are times when the art is the focal point you're just like jesus christ this is gorgeous and then there's other times where it's like the story's way more important. So, oh fuck, I just put two and two together. That's probably a purposeful choice. They probably do that because oh, it's yeah. like you need oh, to focus. 100%. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just absolutely masterfully done. Um, I'll talk about my gripes with this movie in a little bit, but I want to start off with like just like gut <clears throat> reactions. Really, really, really enjoyed the shit out of this. I pulled the little kid thing. In fact, it's actually a, a Jerry Seinfeld joke where he's talking about like you ever watch a TV show. 
and they're you know trying to solve a problem and you look at the clock and you're like they've only got two minutes left to solve this they're not gonna be able to solve this this is gonna be a two-part thing like that's what happened to me i'm like we're two hours into this and like oh this movie's almost done oh fuck this is gonna be a two-part movie okay cool like it, it it literally clicked with with me like when he got to that other universe i was like oh shit they're not gonna be able to solve this one in in the with the amount of time that's left in this um but yeah really yeah. really enjoyed it it was very very busy there was a lot going on with this movie but I don't necessarily think that was a bad thing. I think it just means that it really does open it up for um, for a lot to be answered in the second one. Um, yeah, it, it just means it's just going to be a very robust uh, robust story. So, yeah, and that was—I mean—that was kind of part of it because if you this movie was supposed to come out last year, or it was—it was supposed to come out before like April twenty twenty two. Yeah, it was—it was supposed to—it was supposed to come out long before now. And then it got delayed to this year, and I think part of I think part of why it got delayed is because they decided to split it into two. Like this was originally called Across the Spider Verse Part One, before yeah. they changed the 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 next one to what we now know it to be, which is Beyond the Spider Verse, which is going to be the 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 the, the third one in it. Um, no, I I I loved this movie. I, I absolutely adored this movie from from start to finish. Um, I think even with the focus that got, because I, I, I feel like they they needed to do more with uh, to kind of explain Gwen's character, because I think it only enhances the dynamic between her and Miles, and makes even some of the betrayal bits, you know, towards the end kind of hit harder because you kind of empathize with her character more in a way that more in a way than you perhaps did in the in the first one, when she was just one of several others who were who were there. <clears throat> so I kind of like getting that backstory with her character. Not not to mention, I mean, like, even though like Miles is the is the the focus, it, like you know, it's just called Spider Verse. So it is good to kind of get the get uh, get some exploration with other prominent Spider characters, especially ones that really haven't had a whole lot of focus, you know, outside of Peter. I mean, Peter's gotten plenty. In all forms of media, but you know, outside of comics, there isn't really a ton. I know Gwen was in the Andrew series, right? Gwen yeah, was, yeah, it was in Andrew's uh, movies, but um, but I, I kind of I really enjoyed getting all that all the all the backstory with with Gwen. Um, yeah, the the I mean the the art. I don't know the technical terms for for everything, but I just I loved how a movie that shouldn't work in terms of explaining that you're going to have clashing art styles on screen for two hours but you make it work and and, and make yeah. it work in a way that isn't offensive to people that people are like wow that looks insane like it looks it looks really crazy how well they how well they managed to put all, all this together and, and, and even in recognizing the differences it doesn't feel like it's out of place like everything seems yeah. like it, it goes like it like it goes really well together. Um, you know what it reminds me of? Remember at one point we were talking about weird shit we put in our ramen on an episode, yeah. and Rambo mentioned American cheese, a slice of American yeah. cheese. And I remember thinking, I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? And then he started <laughs> explaining it, and he's like, it melts, and you get this like cheesy sauce, and I'm like, oh shit, yeah. It's that's you what this is like. Me on this, yeah. It's like it's like fusion. It's like it's when you take two different things that shouldn't work together, but it does. Yeah, it's it's fucking nuts. Like it, I, I'm a hundred percent with you. Where you're just like these yeah. two things shouldn't work together, but they do. Absolutely, no, exactly. And that's just on the art side. I yeah. I would say the thing that's for me anyway, kind of the most impressive with this with this movie in particular mm -hmm. is the writing and just kind of how intentional so many things that they did with the writing of of this movie um you, you know whether it's stuff that is that that is culturally significant whether it's stuff that's a little more subtle um in terms of the background or um in terms of what a character arc may be an allegory for um, like they're, 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 it's just very impressive to see. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of kind of like the first Black Panther movie in that, like on the surface, you can write this story a certain, you know, as as just, you know, a challenger is coming to take the throne. 
But then when you add in a lot of the cultural significance of Africans versus African-Americans, traditionalism versus innovation, and just a number of other things, like it, it makes the story kind of take on a lot more meaning than perhaps if you just did a surface level. And I think this movie is kind of the same in that like, yeah, on the surface, it's like, oh yeah, Miles is not supposed to be like, he wasn't supposed to be Spider-Man. And that's what this is about. But then you kind of yeah. get into stuff where it's like, well, Miles is a dark-skinned, biracial, you know, uh, Afro-Latinx character. Pause and right there. Pause right there. If you have not seen this movie, fucking spoiler alerts going <laughs> oh. forward. <laughs> oh. Because you're fine. Listen, no, you're good. Yeah, because I realized that I didn't do it for this and I didn't do it for the Guardians. So I will literally go back and record one for Guardians where it's like, oh. hey, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie, by the way. Oh, um, I mean, I'm sure if they're listening, they know. <laughs> we, you would hope at this point. You would hope, like, you would hope that yeah. you like you. you it's you, never a bad idea to say yeah. it anyway. Yeah, yeah, this is fair. That is a really good point, though, um, about the whole. Because I had read somewhere else too, and shout out to Oscar Isaac again. Like, fuck oh, yeah. this guy for doing everything awesome. Like he just like every <laughs> single time he's in something, he's amazing. And like I know it's animated, and I said this to you guys in the chat. I was like, but fucking. Miguel O'Hara, that that man is a truck. Like he, he, I was like, good lord, that is a that is a mountain of a man. Like, and he is intimidating as fuck in that movie. And like the whole vampire thing, I actually had to look into his background to figure that out. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? It's a spider bite. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the whole like you said, he's biracial. Um, and the fact that like. Miguel O'Hara is biracial too. No, I was about to say that he's also he's also uh, biracial. Yeah, it. But the fact that it's almost th there's some subtext going on there because he's mm -hmm. he's Irish and Hispanic, whereas Miles is black and Hispanic. And mm -hmm. I I don't know because it's not authentic for me, so I can't really speak to it. But I have heard that that is often a dividing point in the culture of the. African or African American slash Hispanic is looked down upon. Yeah, there, there's actually a TikTok that I sent I sent a few days ago. They kind yeah. of I went into a little bit more detail about it, but yeah, like you you, you kind of get it uh, without going too deep. You kind of get it on multiple fronts in terms of you have certain like you have uh, dark skinned Latinx people who won't sell it. Like they'll be. Uh, you know, they'll be the same complexion as Wesley Snipes would tell you that they're not black. Um, and then you'll, and, and then you'll have folks, uh, who, you know, who are accept who accept it, but then among people who, uh, who are more white, they don't, they don't accept it either. Like they deal with the same kind of colorism that, you know, the black community kind of, kind of, uh, kind of does deal with. Um, also, and so that creates a, a whole new layer of things, especially with the cultural differences and everything. Yeah, and that's... I love that this movie has a lot of subtext going on with it. Yeah. Um, there's... I, you guys pointed it, and I, I didn't even notice it. But then when you pointed it out, I was like, well, that's fucking obvious. Like, the fact that Gwen's outfit, Ghost Spider's outfit, is the trans colors. It's it's the pink underlie of the the pink like in, inner lining of the hoodie, um, the pink like accent marks, but then also the blue spiderweb patterns on the white and black uniform or outfit that she wears. And like uh, MC, I think you pointed out, you were just like, yeah, her father is wearing a trans flag on his on his shoulder of his uniform. And Rambo, you pointed out that there's a protect trans kids poster right in her, her yeah right above her door, like. And that, like, the whole revealing your superhero persona to your family is, like, coming out of the closet. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why didn't I figure that out? Like, I was like, that's so obvious in retrospect, you know? Like, that makes so much sense now that I'm thinking about it. Because um, I remember Brian Singer saying when he was directing the uh, the first two X-Men movies that um, that was totally, like, the X-Men are totally allegory for, for, for gay rights. Because at one point, Bobby uh, Bobby Drake's parents, uh, Iceman's parents say, can't you just be normal? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know why they yeah, touch I mean, with Spider-Man, yeah. X-Men is a, is, a, is a very 
easy to use allegory. Um, but superheroes in general are, are yeah. an easy way to be like, you are different. You feel like you don't belong. You feel like you are part of something that no one really understands. So it works well for, you know, coming of age stories. It works well for, um, you know, stories about non-white folks. It's uh, about, you know, uh, I mean, honestly, at this point, you can start doing like neurodivergency. You can start doing, uh, you know, we've already had, um, you know, the the various flavors of sexuality. And, you know, there's, there's so many options and so many things you can do. And that's when you have to start getting, you know, that, that's one of the many ways that, you know, diversity in voice really is significant, really helps and really is, is, um, is especially useful and, uh, uh, and worthwhile to have. It's because there's so many stories that are not just the same goddamn story it's it's so obvious that you sort of sit there like well how are you not getting that this is a good thing yeah like everybody wins yeah if we do this um and a part of that is just oh you don't want to believe it you don't want to hear it you don't want to yeah. acknowledge it yeah but yeah no Gwen, yeah Gwen has the 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 trans flag up in her uh in her room yeah yeah um and, and I think somebody had said, um, they were like, oh, she might be trans. And like the, f the fact that it, that would upset people is like, is baffling to me because who cares? Like, it's a cool character. It's a cool story, no matter what. Why would that bother you? Why would that affect you? And it like- It really changes nothing. It's yeah. people who are able to see themselves in a character. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that one of my favorite things about this movie was when they are basically telling Miles, look, your dad, now that he's the captain, he has to die. That's just something that all spider folk got to deal with. And he gets not just mad, like he stands up for himself because he wants this community to accept him because he's a Spider-Man. Like he, he is one of the he's part of the spider verse but like he's willing to make a stand and be like no this is wrong and i can't remember the exact wording i'm gonna have to watch the movie again but like the way he words it where he's just like so you know like there's nothing i can do about this and none of you are gonna back me on this i'm not just going to let my father die and they're just like oh you know it is what it is and he's like no fuck that like I love I love his independence. I love that he stands up. I love that at first it seems like he's just running. And they're on that fucking bullet train that's shooting up into the sky. And fucking Miguel is just giving him the business. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, well, I made you and all your boys leave your uh, secret little hideout there. And he goes, what? And he goes, peace, and just jumps off. <laughs> like, I was like, that's, yeah, that is dope. I really enjoyed that. Well, I think, I think that it's important to note, like, with regard to how, how Miles reacts to it versus the way a lot of the others react to it is yeah. a lot of them have already had it happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they don't, right. they yeah. didn't have a choice. Yeah. They didn't get to, to decide whether or not they could stop it. Um, it's, it's part of uh, what they dealt with in, in their life. So, and, 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 you know, they've, they've heard from a fairly reliable source. This is the only way, um, this is the only way that you can you can uh, 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 function, and the only way that, that this can can actually work. Um, and so they don't they don't even have the benefit of saying, well, what if there was another option? This is it. Um, and so the idea that then Miles is gonna, you know, they, and 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 also they don't have the time to stop and think, like, well, what if he's right? What if there is another way we could do this? Mm -hmm. um, they just heard, hey, if you do this thing, if you stop a cannon event it will unravel the universe. Like, shit will go bad. I've seen it firsthand. And they're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then here's this kid who shows up who is going to just decide to do it. And they go, oh, no, no, we got to stop that. But if they had, you know, any time to go, well, we're all really smart. Can't we find another way around that? Yeah. Um, they might be able to, to give it a shot. And you get opportunity. Like, you see Spider Bite and you see, uh, uh, you know, a couple characters like, yeah, I gotta give him a hand. Like I gotta help him out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I didn't. I didn't know that uh, Spider Bite was voiced by Amanda Sten uh, Stenberg. 
That's awesome. Um, that's cool. Yeah, that, oh, God. The, the fucking voice cast, the movie, yeah. the art. The, it's so fucking good. And Hobie took like three years to animate. No shit. Between the actual animation being done and the tests and how they were figuring stuff out. All right, so you remember how um, we talked about in Into the Spider-Verse, how Miles is animated on twos and everybody else is animated on ones, uh, meaning, you know, for every other character, for the most part, it's 24 frames per second, so it is every 24 frames there's a new pose. And Miles is initially done on two, so it's every two frames there's a new pose. Uh, and then as he becomes more adept at being Spider-Man, the frame rate changes from 12 to 24. Making him less jerky and awkward. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. literally his animation gets smoother the yeah. better he is at doing what he's doing and the more confident he feels. Toby is animated. Different parts of him are at different frame rates because he's a nonconformist. Yeah, fuck. Because... <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. So in general, his body was animated on threes, which is why it's a little, you know, it's a little more jerky. It's a little more staccato. Uh, they offset his vest so it's still animated on threes, but there might be a frame or two where he'll move and then it will move. Yeah. <laughs> his guitar is animated on fours and his outline is on twos. That's so cool. But when he's, and that's only when he's moving, when he's, when he's standing still, it's static and there's always a cutout around his guitar. And of course, whenever they needed to, they broke those rules. Because again, so, conformity, you, yeah, yeah. you can't, <laughs> I'm not following a set of rules, man. Yeah. It took like... him three years to determine all of that and to put his all of the animations together. That's so cool. Also, did you notice that when he's walking through, like, you know, Miguel's little lair and he's ripping pieces off for shit? Those are all the parts he's using to build the watch at the end. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Um, there's so much foreshadowing, not just in this movie but in Into the Spider-Verse. Like, this is not a sequel that just popped up. This is so very clearly, or it is one of the happiest possible accidents. Like, no, no, we know definitively it's not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many intentional choices. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. In the first movie, the, the spider that bites Miles is glitching because it's not from that universe. The first time he meets Spider-Man... When he meets the Chris Pine Spider-Man, initially the colors behind Miles are purple and green. Purple and green, yep. And there's a moment where they kind of look at each other and the colors shift to blue and red. Mm -hmm. And it's the change from you're supposed to be Prowler to now you're and supposed Spider to be Spider-Man. Yep. Um the fucking joke about like uh when they're when when Miles is thinking about you know coming out to his parents about you know exposing his identity uh and and rio says like oh i heard you know i heard he's puerto rican and miles goes oh i heard he's uh dominican dominican yeah the actor that voices miles g morales is a dominican actor <laughs> like come on man <laughs> the 42 on the spider yeah What's the famous baseball 42? Motherfucking Jackie Robinson. Jackie yeah. Robinson. Yeah. The, <laughs> like, there's Even, all of these little details. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Even 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 with uh, Miles G. Morales, him having grown up with his mother's side, so his Spanish was better mm -hmm. at the end, as opposed to earlier with, um, I can't remember the the, the voice, his, his regular voice actor. Uh, I, it's Shamik Moore? Yeah, Shamik Moore. There we go. Yeah, I was like, Shamar Moore. It's not Shamar Moore. <laughs> different, different dude. Different dude. Um, yeah. It's, but yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, oh God, it's so I loved, good. I loved Hobie because Hobie kept making every single thing that was said, he had to counter it of yep. like, well, yeah, but I, I'm a nonconformist. Like, he was so obnoxiously punk. It wasn't just. <laughs> it wasn't just like yeah. It wasn't just like a um. Oh, that's he's like cool and punk. No, 
everything about him. But like it ended up being one of those things where it was beneficial because he saw what was going on with Miguel and he was mm-hmm. like, all right, we got to watch this shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, one even, of the critics- even, even in terms of subtext, if you notice, the only two spider people actually interested in helping Miles were, the, were two of the only other brown ones in terms of Hobie and Spider-Bite. Yeah. I will say this though, I can't, I don't remember her name, but the one with the motorcycle that's pregnant. Jessica um, Drew. That's just Jessica, Jessica Drew. Yeah, Spider-Woman. Okay. She, you can see something's up there. She's starting to, I, I, I think she's like, going to flip. I think she's going to flip in the second one. I feel, yeah, I feel like, like there's an arc for her character that clearly yeah. is going to be much bigger in the third one. Yeah. Cause she, I mean, yeah, cause she's Miguel's right hand person. She's mm-hmm. one of the people that helps him mm-hmm. kind of keep everything in line. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, see? And she's in a position where she has a lot to lose. Yeah. Like, if Miguel is right, then, you know, what Miles chooses to do is going to, re- like, destroy the world. And, like, literally destroy a world. Um, and not just a single planet. Like, a, a, a fucking universal unravel. Um so that and the fact you know this is a pregnant woman this is someone who has literally got like life developing inside her the idea that that could be lost is really huge i, I was actually just talking to a uh, a friend of mine i hadn't seen in a while last night and he was talking about like he recently had a uh, uh they recently had a kid and he was talking about how much the things they watch when they have the time to watch things, how they have now had to like really limit certain things, at least short term. And one of them is uh, anything with children in danger. They just can't handle it. Um, remember, remember when I was talking about watching uh, Pet Cemetery as an adult, yeah. as a kid, it didn't fucking phase me. And I watched sure. it as an adult once Jax was little and I was like, fuck all of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, that shit's it's, real, yeah. Uh, it's it's it changes your perspective on things, yeah. and, it, and it really fucks with up. Um, also, huge fucking shout out to the producers and writers and directors of this movie. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who uh, voiced uh, Pavier. Uh, uh, let me see. He is. No, not Jake Johnson. Not Shane William. Come the fuck out. Oh, uh, Karin Sony. Karin Sony, uh, is the voice of uh, Pavita Bra- uh, Prabhakar. When he, I think he had written or recorded most of his lines, and one of the things that they did throughout this movie is they kept they kept going back and be like, well, what else can we add to it? What else can we change? What else can we do? Um, a, a, a great little example of that is in the you know a lot of the times like actions will be punctuated by um like little sound effects and things like that um when uh uh when rio and jefferson and miles are all meeting with the guidance counselor and rio snaps her fingers it's a little like puerto rican flag coloring that pops up for the lines and that's just something the animator put in and they're like that's great keeping that um they I love called that they do that. Sony yeah. back in and they were like Hey, is there any like cultural stuff you would want to add in there? He's the one who came up with the whole chai tea thing. He's the one who like, and the fucking non-bread where he's like yeah, chai tea. That's like saying tea tea non-bread. That's which, bread bread. Yeah, which itself <laughs> is a callback to ATM machine, which is the interaction Miles has. With yes. The spot. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> so, there's they, they end up adding these parallels to things. Also, yeah. gotta talk about Schwartzman's performance as the spot. Yes. Oh, to oh start God, yeah. to start off as like just purely silly cartoon character, like hundred percent played for laughs, and have him become genuinely menacing, like yeah. legitimately scary and frightening. That shit was incredible. It was so well done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, yeah, like. The, the fact that, like, my, at some point, Miles tried to point it out and nobody else picked it up when he was just like, 
you know, like, oh, my dad, my dad, you know, like uh, your father, the captain, the police captain has to die. And he's like, yeah, but what if we just stop spot? And everybody's just like, no, 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 fuck all that. No, like, he's the bad guy. Like, and Miles is trying to point that out. And everybody else is so stuck on the fact that, like, oh, no, well, we can't change these canon events. Which, by the way, if you didn't pick up that subtext of people being stuck on canon. <laughs> yeah, that's at you, nerds. A little, yeah. uh, little inside baseball there. Yeah, exactly. That That's, that's at you, fucking nerds. Um, yeah, like... I love that he pointed that out and like, and people just blew past it. They're like, nah, that's not, we can't do that. Like, nah, who cares about the bad guy? Like you're so caught up in your own mission that you're not even realizing who the true villain is in this. And I was like, that's, that's fucking deep, dude. Like that's, think about like, we've talked about it when we get into uh, politics and shit like that on this podcast, where we talk about how Democrats and people on the left love to eat their own. Like, I feel like that's that there's there's this going on right now. We're we're seeing them put this subtext into this story of like, we've got this big menacing threat, but you guys are worried about this, the fucking nuances and like you, it has to be a certain way. And if it's not your way, it's the highway. Like you're fucking missing that there is a giant threat out here that we could stop if we work together, but we're too busy infighting. Because this one guy has this idea and he's convinced everybody else that this idea is the right one. And if we don't follow it, then we're all wrong. Like, they're, I, I love that they're they're slipping this stuff into this story. And like, it just makes for a better story because ultimately yeah. all this stuff, all these comic books are a reflection of what we're seeing in real life. And that's why they're good. That's why we enjoy them. And like, you can be like, oh, it's escapism. It is, but where do you think the stories fucking come from? Yeah. Yeah. It's one and uh, oh, sorry, uh, from earlier, Jarrell Jerome is the voice of Miles G. Morales. Um, the uh, you know, another little like uh, Easter egg, the canon event that they referred to that a captain had, you know, a police captain dies that, that Spider Man is close to, uh, is referred to as an ASM 90. Amazing Spider Man number 90 is the death of, of Captain Stacy, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. but you know, I, I love that, that so much of the story springs from a very simple question, which is, can Spider-Man exist without tragedy? Does Spider-Man have to have experienced something terrible in order to be who he is, uh, or they are rather, um, is there another way to, to, to have his character exist? Um, and I like the idea that all anybody knows up to this point is um, the answer is no. Like if you if you take that aspect away from the character, the character doesn't exist anymore. Uh, like, the, like their world literally falls apart. Um, and Miles is. I mean, and, and that's 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 the you know in the. I mean, and, and it's a theme that's set up very early in the movie when they're in talking to the guidance counselor. She says that Miles is somebody who wants to eat it, uh, have his cake and eat it too. And you can't do that. And Miles says, well, unless you have two cakes. And then later on, when he's getting the cake for his dad, he's going on about what needs to be on the cake. And finally he's just like, well, can't we just do, put it on two cakes? And when he does that, they both get ruined. Mm -hmm. So it's this, it's this very simple theme that's set up of like, okay, you have to choose one or the other. Like if you want to be Spider-Man, this is what has to happen. Um, and you guys yeah. just thought it was a scene about cakes, and and it's and that's the thing. It it could be, it could easily just, it, that, yeah. and that's all it had to be. Yeah, and they are able to take it and tie it, and that that's what really impresses me is is um, when you have a group of people come together who have their shit together, who know what they want to do, who are smart and capable and can work together, you can do really amazing things, not just because of the level of, of skill and talent involved, but because when, you, when you've when you got all of the smaller things handled, when you've got all of, all the foundational stuff taken care of, that or not even the smaller things, when you have all the foundational stuff taken care of, you can then go back and add the small things. Yeah, uh, I remember reading about um, when they were developing uh, uh, Doom 3, 
and how they had gotten way ahead on, on ske their scheduling. And we're like, okay, well, what else can we add? And that's when they really started playing with the sound design. Because the Doom games up to that point had been mostly just like, you know, scary monster pops up, you shoot the monster, you keep going. And this was an opportunity for them to go, okay, well, what if we added things like children laughing? Like kind of quietly coming from a room or somewhere in, in the level. You know, how is that going to you know affect you? How is that going to mess with you as, as a player? Because uh, you're on, a, you know, a fucking... Uh, 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 a space base on Mars. Like, where the fuck are these kids coming from? Um, so, like, you can add these little details. You can add these little things that just enhance the experience. They make it more three-dimensional. They make it more layered. And and they add a depth to it that you wouldn't otherwise have. Does it need it? No, it doesn't need it. It can function without it. But when you can add those things, it's just that much better. Yeah, 100%. Like, can you have... A burger, we just had burgers for lunch, that's why I'm bringing up burgers again. <laughs> um, you can have a burger, just hamburger, bun, maybe cheese, mustard, whatever, however you like it. But like, for instance, Jax and I love grilled onions. So we grilled some onions before we put them on there. Because regular raw onion is one thing, but grilled onions, a whole nother level. And we have um, this sauce called maypoi. Maypoi is like the thing that you dip your spring rolls in when you go to a Thai restaurant that like sweet and spicy stuff. And I was like, check this out, dude. We've gotten, the, we sweated the onions down. Let's add the maypoi to this. And we made essentially like, almost like an onion jam. And that shit was amazing. Would the burger have been fine by itself? Yes, but adding that extra thing gave it a whole nother level. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, 100%. Um, I, I, some of this criticism that I saw with this movie uh, that I wanted to talk to you guys about is that it was very, very busy. Um, I disagree. I don't think it was. I mean, I think it, there was a lot going on, but I think it was easy to follow. Like, what's the plot of this movie? Like, like it's it, if you can describe the plot to a movie simply, that doesn't mean that it's... Some people are like, oh, if you can describe it in just a couple sentences and the movie wasn't complex enough, well, that's bullshit. Because there's a lot of movies that you can describe in just a sentence or two. But like, just because there's more... does not mean good. Yes, right? and complicated doesn't also mean bad. Like... Because when I when I look at the story, it was very simple. This character is part of a multiverse of spider folk. And the reason why he's Spider-Man was a mistake in the first place. That's the basic premise of it and him trying to investigate. Like, it, it, it's all around that. Like, and all the rest of it is all part of that. I, I'm, so I, what that brings to my, to my mind right now is are they saying it's not complex because they, they aren't grasping the subtext or the existence of the subtext that exists? Because it kind of reminds me a lot of when Atlanta first came out and a lot of white publications reviewed it saying that it wasn't funny and it, it was bad and it was all these other things. But the reality was that the humor was just written very, if you're someone who has who has a lived black experience, the jokes hit very differently because you know what's, what's, like what's being said and what's being implied in certain scenes and throughout the duration of the show. So I kind of wonder if, if if some of that criticism is people not grasping some of the subtext that we've, that we've alluded to on here in regards to Miles, in terms of Miles and his interactions with Gwen or Miguel or uh, the Spider-Verse in general, like, and, and with any with any of that means. Possible, yeah, I mean, like, I... I, I just didn't see this movie as, as complex and hard to follow. Like it yeah. made a lot of sense to me of exactly what was going on. Yeah, no, so, no, I agree. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm uh, just adding to like, I think the movie does have complexity to it. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's simple enough to follow, but there's still complexity. There's still complexity to it that maybe some people just don't view as complex because it, can, it. it, it can still be explained kind of simply. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that they said was, is that like the whole crux of the movie was a th like a throwaway line by spot. Oh, the only reason you're Spider-Man is because this uh, spider came from another dimension. That's it. And you're, you're like, okay, but what did you need? Did you need more? Did you need like a big, like flowery speech about it? Like the dude was talking about like working with the collider and like, he was like, this thing happened and this is why you're Spider-Man. Like... I don't know what else you could have done to really I, fix I that. I don't understand. 
I don't even understand the criticism. What is yeah. that? What does I that mean? Stand yeah. by. That, I will is, read is it. Is it? Is it? The, I mean, because because that isn't even even really from Spot. That's from Miguel. We learned that like Miguel says that anger, like you were never supposed to be Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Stand like, by as I pull it <laughs> as I pull it from our group chat that we have. Not our group chat, our, our Facebook group, which you can join as well if you're not part of. It's great. It's the Great Geek Refuge group. Check it out. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. Great things happen there. Uh, do, 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 do. I do like that there is a comment in here that just says Spider Punk repeatedly. <laughs> spider Punk, Spider Punk, Spider Punk, Spider Punk. Just over and over and over again. To the point. I mean, it's you having a great time, just chewing scenery, being slick as shit. Yeah. So this movie was really busy. It wasn't bad, but it really needed a tighter script and better editing. It had a very bloated runtime, and it suffered from a lot of, we'll address this in the next movie. It's clearly meant to set up a trilogy, but unfortunately, this felt more like Halloween Kills and Empire Strikes Back. The pacing, fuck. The pacing is all over the place, too. There's a really cool reveal that has a nice twist on the first movie, but the reveal happens during a very busy and fast-paced action sequence. The film barely gives the audience a moment to take it in and react. It's not bad. It's not all bad. The cast, music, and visuals are amazing. The Easter eggs are very nice. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a bit too much of a mess for my taste. Hope you all liked it better than I did. But again, like, I feel like the way that they, they phrase that is fine, but like they use the buzzword pacing. Like... I don't the movie think is ex exceptionally well paced. It's I agree. Really well edited. I 100% agree. And like just the fact there's that a did, lot they, of did, they, did they want it to be slower? Like I, I don't want like what what was the issue with the pace? Well, that's the other thing is is you're gonna sit there and you're gonna say do you want it slower? But you just complained about the runtime earlier. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't and like it. I don't get it either. And like uh, uh, on top of that, I don't get the. Like, because the reveal that we get, one, Spot says something about it just offhand, and then Miguel's like, you were never supposed to be Spider-Man. That was perfect. It was in a very intense action scene, and he says it to him, and Gwen and fucking Peter were both like, yo, don't do this, and he does it anyways. So, like, did we need more dramatic music? Did it need to be like, dun-dun-dun? Like, what the fuck were you looking for? Like, Honestly, I thought, yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't see any of those issues at all, period. <laughs> I'm sorry you weren't paying attention. Like, I don't know what the fuck to say about that. If you are so distracted by what, like, a number of characters that aren't named that are like literally there as Easter eggs as background. Um, I liked the spider buggy that was great. In like big, yeah. crazy, like over the top action sequences, which, by the way, we haven't even really talked about the action in this movie, which is fucking insane it was so um, good god it was it's good. incredibly well done like i don't know like cool it bugged you you didn't like parts of it fine i i just <laughs> i don't even know because it just it, it, it's like you said man it's a lot of buzzwords yeah um and it's a lot of things that i just flat out don't agree with like oh it was badly paced no it wasn't next what else you got yeah. Oh, there was too much going on. No, there wasn't. Every plot point is clear. It's crystal clear. It is... I'm not going to say it's easy to follow, but if you're paying attention, you can follow it. Were you doing something else while you were watching the movie? Were you fucking with your phone? Were you drawing at the time? Were you having another conversation? Like, I don't know what was going on. If you were sitting there and just watching the movie and you had difficulty following it, that's really more of a you problem. Yeah, a tighter Sorry script. For you. A tighter script. Like uh, again, that's no. It's one of those nondescript. <laughs> I wish the writing was better. I wish you could interpret media better. I don't. Yeah, know yeah. I, don't, I, I, I just. I'm not calling the person out by name, um, but you already figured out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I. I didn't notice the melted Spider-Man ice cream. That's yeah. Fuck. When there. was that? When did that happen? It's in the chase. Yeah. Oh, shit. I missed that. Okay. All right. <laughs> to be honest, you could watch this movie like three yeah. or four times and find yeah. more stuff that oh. you didn't catch the first go around. They There's put like it in two hundred and forty spider characters. Jesus Christ! They put it in the trailer, 
and I didn't give a fuck because in the movie it was f- just as funny as it was in the trailer when they did the Spider-Man meme thing. Oh, but it was with like eight, with was like eight million Spider-Man, and they're like me, you, me, him, you, me, him. Like, yeah. like catch Spider, stop Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, circling back to what MC had said, um, and then Rambo had said, "Fucking, we've all said it." The action. God damn, this movie. The action was so good. Like. I love the way that they filmed this movie, drew this movie. I love the way they created this movie. I love the way it it lays out all of the fight scenes. That first fight scene with the vulture was incredible um, with the different art styles. And then the the run through essentially the spider complex, the web. I don't know what the hell they call it. I can't remember. (laughs) Um, That was incredible. Um, Little things too. When Miles and Gwen are talking to each other and they're walking along the building and walking upside down the building, like onto the spires and dangling from the spires, like that was awesome. Just like so well done. They flipped the perspective. So like the city is now the like the ground and like just really, really well done. Like I loved the the scene when they're underneath the water tower, when it's his dad's um, promotion ceremony party and like and his mom finally puts two and two together and realizes where he's been in her mind. Like it's not because you know, he's Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but like, she's like, yeah. Oh, there's a girl. I get it. Okay. And she kind of like ungrounds him. Um, yeah, just like really, 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 really well executed. Just the, the art is fantastic. The action scenes, but like, in my opinion, that's what makes it great is that the action and the inaction are both equally well done. Because if you do one really, really well, great, you know, fantastic. Like, hey, this movie had great action scenes. But, like, to be able to do both really well just shows that these... I'm so glad they took their time. I'm so glad they didn't rush this. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And that's why, like, you know, they've already... Like, Beyond the Spider-Verse is supposed to come out next year, but I'm fairly certain that's probably going to get pushed back. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I... Considering the, what, six years it took, or five years it took between the first one and this, I wouldn't Well, be... so, so they were working on both concurrently. Okay. Um, but, you know, with writer's strike, yeah. that could very easily affect yeah. things. I know, yeah. absolutely. And the actors, the potential actor strike, mm-hmm. which is, uh, which they're talking about, like, if that ends up happening, like, San Diego Comic-Con, big reveal time is right around the corner, and bunch of major studios are potentially going to pull out if there's an actor strike because they really don't won't have anything to say or show for for that too and mm-hmm. and we've already we already know that like shows like uh like yellow jackets and abbott elementary and uh, several marvel shows um i have all shut down production because of the writer's strike deadpool i think is 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 uh on is on hiatus right now blade also um, yeah, there's a very real chance that this we, it could still be another two years, two years before we see the the sequel. Take your time. Take your time. Hundred percent. I'd I'd rather yeah. I'd rather one, it, it'd be right. Two, show solidarity to your writers and your actors, brothers, yeah. than to be fucking scabs. Which, by the way, side note for that, just a quick second. Fuck Jimmy Fallon. Like, I'm not sharing his TikTok shit anymore. I'm not sharing any of his videos. I'm not laughing at his little goofy, like, let's sing some songs and do some goofy shit because that motherfucker is a scab supporter. And he was like, ah, oh, well, we're just going to break the pick line. And we're going to keep working. Like, man, fuck you. Yo, what? Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon. Dickhead. Jimmy Fallon can eat a dick. Wow. And then a whole bag of them, as a matter of fact, because, yeah, just, ugh. That made me so fucking mad. Like, You've got Colbert on the other side who's actually like paying his writers while the strike is going on. And then you've got Jimmy Fallon who just doesn't give a shit. Like, ah, fake ass motherfucker. God. What a tool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, ugh. Anyways, fucking Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Um, Yeah. I mean, if you think about it too. Yeah. Spider-Man fans have been eating really good since 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. between the the Holland movies, there've been some really good animated uh, animated stuff. Yeah, this the video game. Yeah, um, 
the sequel video game, the sequel to the first video game, which also comes out later this year, also which look, which includes Miles and is looking to be awesome as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, look, if they need to take give us take a break from all of this, you know, to to get this right, cool. We 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 yeah. we, we we have had full stomachs for a good six years now. I did like the uh, Donald the Donald Glover. Oh, we didn't even get into that too. Yeah. He's just he's just there in a fucking like. Uh, sell he's like sup <laughs> it's weird yeah. what do you say it's impolite to stare <laughs> and I, I, yeah i actually was just reading about uh kind of how that how they got how they got together how they just they made like it was something they just kind of did on the whim that they thought would be kind of cool to include since you know people bef like before all of this you know people had often talked about donald playing live action spider-man or voicing uh, live action or uh, voicing uh, Miles or something like that, and it's a cool little payoff too because he did play uh, he did play his uncle in um, was it Far From Home or um, uh, no in Homecoming Home in Homecoming. So it's like it's it's kind of like a cool way to kind of bring that bring that full circle. Like Donald probably never would be like the MCU prowler, but uh, I. I you know, a couple second cameo on a suit that they spent like a couple weeks to put together for him to just show up in this movie and have a really cool little moment, like dope. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I don't remember. Maybe I need to go back and watch Into the Spider-Verse. But um, was there live action um, universe mentions? OK, so this was the first time that we got to see live so. action shit in this one. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also love at the end that when Gwen is like, we got to go help Miles, and she assembles the original crew. Like, I thought that was dope as fuck. I was like, oh, we got Spider-Man Noir, we got Spider-Ham, we've got um, Penny. Penny is there as well. Like, you saw all of the people that helped in the first one. I was like, they're bringing back the crew. That's that's really dope. Yeah. And it's already been confirmed. I think one of the producers said that we're going to get multiple variants of Gwen in the next movie. Ooh. Nice. That'll be good stuff, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm all for it. Like, that fucking that fucking reveal. Cause like as soon as the prowler shows up in that alternate when when Miles is in Earth 42, I was like, oh, it's fucking Miles under that mask. It's Miles under the mask. And then he takes it off and I was like, oh shit, it is Miles. Like, yeah. Like, that oh, was... you touch your hair. Yeah. yeah. And did you yeah, you you, you take <laughs> out your braids, braids. <laughs> on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. That was that was really fucking good. Um, this is going to be, and they set up the, the next one to like jump right in because like you see Miles getting his hand free and he's able to like hold onto the chain and you're just like, Oh, some shit's about to go down here. Like, yep. yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be dope, man. I'm really excited. So the question that I do have for you guys though. So if that spider was supposed to be in on earth 42, the one that bit Miles on, is is he Earth 616? No, definitely not. No, no okay. No. Okay. So I can't, yeah, he's on whatever. Okay, it doesn't matter. But the Earth 42 spider was supposed to bite a Peter Parker? No, it was supposed to bite Miles. It was supposed to bite that Miles. Yeah. So that Miles was supposed to become Spider-Man and his father was still supposed to die because that's, okay, the whole captain, police yeah. captain dying mm -hmm. thing. Okay. Yeah. So that Miles was never supposed to be Prowler. So then who was our Miles supposed to be? Was he supposed to become Prowler? Maybe nobody. Oh, Maybe nobody. We, no, we, we don't know. Not, no, nobody, period. Because that His uncle was Prowler. had a, had a Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like Peter Parker was Spider-Man in that world. Yeah. And then, yeah, the fact that, the fact that Miguel, so Miguel blamed him for Peter's death was fucked up. I was like... It's not like Miguel was the one that killed him, or it's not like that Miles was the one that killed him. Like, no, but the, if he hadn't come to the collider, he wouldn't have died. It was your fault. I was like, man, you're a dick. Like, the dick move, Miguel. Absolutely, I know Miguel is is yeah. uh, really emo really emotional, really uh, aggressive dude. But from his perspective, he's been watching all of these things go wrong, and they can all be traced back to. Miles. Yeah. Like every problem he's seen yeah. since Miles was bitten 
all happen, like they all cascade because of him being bitten. Like it was just pure fucking happenstance. Yeah, that's... I, I want to know more about Spider-Man 2099 now, because, like, I, I did a little bit of research to figure out, like, the whole, like, vampire thing, because that's what Gwen called him. Gwen was like, oh, he's a vampire Spider-Man. Um, and I was like, that can't be right, is it? But then I also no. realized that I didn't read any of the 2099 stuff when it came out, so I don't know anything about it. Most of it is not good. Is it really? Uh, the Spider-Man is probably one is, is Spider-Man and Doom are the two, like, standouts. Yeah. Um... And the Spider-Man, like Miguel, has showed back up uh, in the last couple of years, uh, and he's he's pretty fucking cool. But beyond that, it was mostly just like we're gonna take all the characters, and this is what they'd be like a hundred years from now, and they would all essentially be the same. But then why eat Doom if they're all gonna be the same? Like because money. <laughs> I mean, I, that's that's one hundred percent what it was. It was right. it was. Marvel's Marvel's 2099 line was 100% just like, all right, how can we make money off of this? Um, well, we'll put Spider-Man in the future. We'll put all these characters in the future. Um, and incidentally, most of them end up just dealing with the same kind of shit they were dealing with before, just in the future. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Much like Batman Beyond. The Batman Beyond was good. <laughs> Sure it was. Not a fan? <laughs> You're not a fan, huh? Okay. I've never especially been a fan. My, my problem with Batman Beyond is they never really committed to doing their own thing. Like, so yeah. much. Yeah, it was just rehashes. Batman yeah, that's just a rehashes. Good, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, almost every one of the best episodes is a an old Batman villain showing back up. Yeah, like the classic and then, Joker one showing yeah. up, yeah. And then, funny enough... um all of the like new villains and shit were basically just spider-man rehashes yeah ink is venom there's a hunter that's clearly craven blight is almost literally green goblin even to the point of being green yeah geez. um like just across the board yeah Fair. just drop them all in spider-man <laughs> villain. yeah yeah shrieky shocker like i mean like, i keep going <laughs> Well, wait, wasn't Shriek... Shriek was a... Hang on. Oh, wait, no, DC. Okay, all right. Yeah, never mind. Okay. Um, I was thinking of um, a Marvel villain because in, Max or... in Maximum Carnage... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His girl... Carnage's girlfriend. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which that fucking comic series is... What if Venom was insane? And what if we made more of them? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love but i love there was a video game for um for the sega genesis of maximum carnage there was so much it, yeah, oh you can play <laughs> play either venom or spider-man oh so much fun yeah that game was that game was a ton of fun dude um and you got it came with a cd too because mm -hmm. the band green jelly did the fucking soundtrack for it and it was uh good when i was 12 but shit when i'm an adult i was like man this is awful some, somebody paid you guys for this shit jesus yeah anywho we'll go ahead and wrap up then uh this is fun guys i'm glad we were uh, able to come back and uh, do some fun podcasting things um we'll talk about the flash next time maybe i don't know i'm still on the fence about it like i, I kind of want to see it but like i kind of don't really want to support ezra miller and their bullshit like but I mean, there's there's ways around supporting them and still watching the movie. Yep. Yes, shout out Luffy. Yeah, just saying. Sometimes you need to take to the high seas. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's. I want to see it mostly because of 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 Michael Keaton, and like I've heard about some of the cameos, and I'm interested to see how those play out. Um, I've also heard the 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 woman who plays Supergirl just does a phenomenal job. So yeah, I'm really well, she's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how that works out. And I've actually seen some people say, and some people we trust, like Phil, um, said that like as much as Ezra Miller is a sack of shit, their performance was really, really good in this movie. 
And it's oh, frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating that Ezra Miller is a shitty person because they are an excellent yeah. actor. Yeah. Yeah. They are very, they are very good. And like the, the comedy is much better than I anticipated. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. it's really, it's funny. really funny. It's is a it? lot of fun. Um, yeah. The action set pieces are really good. Yeah. 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 I don't even I mean, hate his running. I, I don't even hate their running motion. As much as I as much as I remember from the uh, from the older movies, yeah. All right, I'll I'll check it out at some point then, and we'll talk about it next week. And then we'll also talk about Secret Invasion because that's coming out next week. So we'll uh, we'll give our takes on the uh, the first episode of Secret Invasion. Uh, but big thanks to all of you out there who continue to support what we're doing here uh, at the Great Geek Refuge. Um, there's more projects coming. We got more podcast ideas, more um, things in the works that you guys can. Uh, prepare for and uh, stay tuned. Um, but we appreciate you sticking with us. We uh, big shout out to Rambo to, uh, to MC. Um, thanks guys, as always for, for being part of this uh, wonderful podcast thing that we do. And thank you listeners as well. And remember folks together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been a Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 